Hello and welcome to Flow Podcast. I'm Josh, and today I am not joined by J-Log or Jason. Um, he is actually at home um, recovering from COVID, so our prayers and thoughts go out to him. Um, he, he's missing being here. He cannot wait to be back, hopefully next week, to be able to talk about and continue on our discussion. But today I have a special guest, a guest that you guys really liked last time. Um, and so William has joined us again. He's the, the worship pastor here at Mill Creek. And so we have decided to come along today and continue talking some more about worship. Um, but today we're going to talk about a topic that I think William might be just a little nervous to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just slightly. Maybe just slightly. But we're going to sort of talk about the behind the scenes of worship. Um, what goes into, like getting a worship service going um, with the music and the preaching and stuff like that because, you know, usually we come into a worship service and we sing along and we listen to a message and we go home, you know, give our tithes and offerings and all that stuff. But the the week in, week out of getting a service ready is a lot. You know, there's a lot that goes into it. And I've been very lucky to be able to see William do a lot of it, uh, give him advice every now and then. <laughs> to the best of my ability and what josh does behind the scenes as well is a lot <laughs> yeah and so we're just going to talk about the behind the scenes stuff of um just the worship service and we're going to look at it through multiple different aspects of not only just the music but the preaching and even the technology behind it you know and we're, we're going to speak a lot to what happens here at mill creek and we realize that every church is different um and whatever works for your church works for your church you know um but yeah, we just can speak to what we do here, you know, because it's, it's what we do. It's what we <laughs> yeah. do, right. So um, let's jump in. I feel like the technology will be a quicker thing to cover than when we start talking about the worship music and stuff like oh, that. Probably. Yeah. And um, that's all your field, technology. <laughs> oh, come on. Hey, William, that's all you too, man. <laughs> so here at Mill Creek, we've been blessed to be in our new building for almost a year now. Coming up Father's Day will be a year, um, which is crazy to think about that, you know, here in yeah. just a few months, you know, and we have been streaming now for next month will be a year. March is when we started streaming. Yep. And so our streaming has definitely improved a lot. <laughs> just a little just, bit. Just a little bit. Um, but yeah, the technology of getting ready for a Sunday is that our AV team is amazing. Um, ideally, we'd have about five to six people each service running it. Um, sometimes they do it with three, which is just crazy in itself. Um, <laughs> but you got to do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. And when it comes to getting ready for a Sunday, um, of course it's getting all the lyrics in there, making sure that it's formatted properly and that they're in the right order with no typos, you know. Um, and that, that's one thing Josh does a really good job at when we came along and when we first started live streaming and everything, Josh was there and, and helping, you know, getting two computers with the lyrics in there. And we started with one, then we went to two, and then now we've got screens everywhere and <laughs> yeah, just different things that goes along with that. But, you know, about putting lyrics in there and you show up on a Saturday night and the lyrics all change and you've got to be prepared for that. So Yeah, and we'll – yeah, because the music can change – in a Sunday morning, even it, it has, it has, <laughs> it has, yeah, changed on a Sunday morning, and even I believe there's been time where even the 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 arrangement of a song has changed in between services, 
<laughs> true. Yeah. True. You know, and so it's just how it's really about the spirit moving and, and leading. And so with the technology side, it's our team has to learn to be very flexible, you know, that it's always a, all right, here's how it's, we think it's going to be, but be ready to change in a moment's notice. And they, they do a really good job. They've they, come a long way. They and, have. You know, learned the system and how it's working. We have a long way to go, of course. Yes. But still, I'm just thankful for the people that stepped up and willing to serve in that capacity. Yeah. And so we look at what we think is coming for a Sunday morning. You know, we know we'll have music. We'll know we'll have a message. If we have a baptism scheduled, we get things ready for that. Um, we make sure all of our cameras are facing the ways they need to be facing and computers are running the way they need to be running. Um we have lights that we make sure we get scheduled in there. I look back at like the Christmas program and mm-hmm. having to program all that and, you know, just getting it ready for something that was completely different than what we do on a Sunday morning, you know, but there's a lot that goes into just the behind the scenes of getting things ready. Um, I mean, one quick point to throw in there, you mentioned the Christmas program. It's, it, works when you do something consistently yes week after week after week and you know what's coming but then when you want to change anything it's like okay how did i do that (laughs) yeah oh yeah there's been a lot of stuff that's like like william said we've updated our computer some and stuff like that and then there's always this one thing where like we update a computer and i think i get everything in there exactly how it is and then we get into the stream it's like why is it acting weird? Oh, that's right. This one setting that you only have to activate one time, I completely forgot about, you know, because it's just something we don't think about. And why is the computer freezing up now? Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Why is the computer freezing up, like, you know, during the five-minute countdown to service? Yeah. <laughs> just the fun stuff right. that happens. But, yeah, and our AV team does a really good job. Um, they get here early on a Sunday morning to go through the slides and make sure everything's properly going well. They get everything recording um, to where when we first started streaming, a lot was on us to get make sure everything was in there properly and stuff like that to where our team is taking ownership and have been learning and to where it's a lot less responsibility on our side. Not that we're not still over it, but it's this. They've gained our confidence in a yes. lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I, I know you, just to quickly mention, you mentioned baptisms, and there's so many things that we have teams that do that, and they come throughout the week to prepare. Oh, yeah. You know, like fill in the baptistry. You don't think that's a big deal, but water's got to be warm. I know uh, the last second time before we had baptistry, I came up here, and they filled the baptistry up, and it was like ice cold. Oh. And I came three hours or four hours later, and it was still cold. And I'm thinking, is this thing actually working? So I was at home on Saturday night, sitting there about 11 or 12 o'clock, and I said, I got to go check the water <laughs> just to make sure. Yeah. But it, it, it's working. But if you don't prepare these things in advance oh, and yeah. just get ready for that, and yeah, they just don't show up on a Sunday morning no, and fill the battery up. It just don't. Yeah. There's so yeah. many small steps. Well, and, especially I look back when we were in Building B in our old building and had the portable baptistry, like. Right. There's a lot of work that just went into a lot of work. A lot. And just even they were here for a couple hours after service, just yep. draining it and cleaning it out and getting it ready to you know, so. store back up. And yeah. And yeah, there's lots of different teams. I even look at like our greeters and our ushers and, you know. The people that come in and clean the sanctuary yeah. and sanitize it before Sunday mornings is here and. There's so many small things, and I'm sure we will miss something. Oh, I'm sure we will. (laughs) I mean, yeah, because there's no doubt that when it comes to a worship service, it's more than just what you see on the stage. There's so – 
there's more people behind the scenes doing stuff than there is actually on the stage. Right. You got your security team now oh, yeah. as well, and you, it's just a lot of people involved in making it work. Yeah. And, I mean, I look at when we started moving to our new building of all the different because we moved in the middle of COVID, you know, of how we're going to do things. I remember us talking about our doing the offering, you know, because we were like, we can't pass the plate anymore. Right. You know, and even I think about, I think COVID really helped us out with that because if, I think if we tried to pass the plate in the size of the sanctuary we had, it would have. COVID changed a lot of things and yeah. made some things easier. I think actually transitioning to the new building and one sense was easier. I agree. Because we got to work out a lot of things before people was actually in the building. Yeah. We was just live streaming. And, you know, it's taught us a few things that are good that yes. we need to implement that we wouldn't have probably otherwise. I we agree. were just how do we make this wheel continue to spin yeah. instead of changing the wheel? Yeah. <laughs> and so like with our offerings, we had it to where they had baskets they dropped off and then we got into our Lottie Moon Christmas time. We're like, all right, we're gonna have a special offering and along with our regular offering, how are we gonna do this? And now we have our birdhouses on the back wall <laughs> that, you know, we just have offering boxes that people just go by and drop stuff off and it's so much easier because it's, it's important to give our tithing offerings and I don't want to come across like it's not, but in the moments of a service, I always liked it how we did it here before, how it was still music playing right. and like those places where it's just like, all right, we're just going to stop everything and pass a plate now with nothing else really going on. Just felt like it like drag service to a stop, you know, <laughs> and because we always did it at the end, which I think is a right. great idea instead of those people who did it like right before preaching. Cause it's like, all right, we had this amazing time of just worshiping and just singing praises and then boom, stop and have everybody sit here for, <laughs> five minutes as we pass a plate right. around. And, you know, that brings up an interesting point, though, the awkwardness of stillness. Yes. It's, you know, we're not accustomed to, to no, that at all. We are not. <laughs> no, we are not. It's not in the DNA of... <laughs> <laughs> no. But it's a good thing. Like, there needs to be stillness, too. There does. But I think there can be a more productive use of stillness than, all right, let's just be still while we're passing the offering plate around. I mean, true. I think there's a place for both of them, though. I mean, yeah. one we present and we think every moment of every day has to be or not, but of a service, we have to fill it with something that's right. glorifying unto God. But when something happens out of the norm, so to speak, mm-hmm. that that can be glorifying as well. What I do agree. you do in that time? But I do think, you know, being more productive with what we're doing, you know, yeah, and having the mute, not just silence. But right. I do think it's not a distraction in one sense now, the way we do it. I agree. That the people can get up and they can fellowship as they're walking out and mm-hmm. still put their tithes and offerings in, and I think it's a good way. I agree. And then we look at when we decide to start doing the Lord's Supper, because when we first got back, we're like, well, we can't pass the plate with that either. You know, <laughs> like we had to figure out, and now we have it to where as they're walking in for the service, we have the little, I call them the little to-go cups. Right. You know, the little just, you know, <laughs> everything's just sort of packaged together, and they just grab one and walk in and go with it. And even though it's... I would say it's not our ideal way of doing it, but it it works. It, it's not ideal as far as, you know, to me, because we go back to tradition and what we're used to, mm-hmm. but it still serves the purpose of what God requires of us to do. So. I agree. I'm excited for our next Lord's Supper coming up because we do it, was it once a quarter? I think Once a quarter. Yeah, once a quarter. And so for those who do not come to Mill Creek, we always do the last Sunday of every month, we do a family worship. And I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point in time. It might not be this episode, but it might be another episode. But usually our baptisms are usually like the first or second Sunday. 
well, during our last staff meeting, we or one of our staff meetings, we talked about doing it during family worship just so kids can see what it means to take the Lord's Supper because they'll have questions about it. I do. I mean, I'm, I'm excited about it as well because one thing for me growing up and what I'm used to when I was younger, uh, I think we get lost in some churches today, and even in our church, we forget the children learn from seeing the parents yeah. do what they do and why they do what they do and understand the thing is children are going to be children. So if they yeah. act up, there's a correction that needs to take place. And that's an honoring thing unto God. It's not yeah. something that's bad and looked upon. If a child cries, so be it. Let them, right. you know, it's just part of life and the way it is. And don't let that distract you. Yeah. I remember with our, our oldest that before she was saved and we would take the Lord's Supper, we always told her, hey, you cannot take from this. And here's why. Right. You know, it gave us a time to share the gospel with her and just sort of talk about the importance of the Lord's Supper. And all this is going on during the worship service. Like, we look at all those moments that we're able to just to learn from God when it's not just a, what we consider the, the highs of the worship service, the, the music and the preaching. And there's so much more that goes in just the, the like, I mean, I think of it the fellowship time, you know, the poor before and after service. Of course, with COVID, appropriate fellowship, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, but I mean, that's a huge part of our relationship, just not along with one another, but it helps us. I, mean, I think it brings glory to God when we have that fellowship. That's part of worship. You know, there's a reason why we come together as a group to worship is because we need each other, and the fellowship goes along with that. It, the fellowship is huge. I mean. He didn't call us to come together and sit in cubicles. He called right. us to come together and be a family and to worship him as, as a group so that we can, you know, uh, overflow into each other and lift each other up and pray for each other, rejoice with each other, and just be a family. And what does it look like? Well, it's the good and the bad. That's yeah. what family looks like. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's get into talking about worship music and what goes into that. And so I want to ask you the question, William, that you don't have an answer to. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes into picking worship music for a Sunday, how do you go about it? The first thing I do is pray about music all the time. And, you know, I trust that God impresses upon me, you know, puts in my mind what songs to even think about. And then I will start praying about those songs throughout the week. I don't necessarily go play them it's a lot of the songs i do know right um but i just pray about the songs that we do and i know for a while we tried to pre-plan all this music this is what the sermon's going to be this is the songs that i think should go with that now that works for some people and that works for some churches and it, i mean yeah. and I, I praise them that it does work and so we tried that gary and myself and we said this is not working after about two months, and we felt as if we were stifling the Holy Spirit, and we just trust in Him mm -hmm. to lead and guide each one of us. And so, uh, I mean, I have an idea if He's preaching a sermon series, right. what the next week is going to be on, but I don't dwell on, I need to sing songs on this topic, unless right. God just impresses that upon me. And if He does, then that's what I do. And so I try to really just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and then I will come in and I'll lay the songs out and I'll play through the songs and say, hey, that works, or this doesn't work at all. Yeah. And many times I've gone into a our rehearsals on Tuesday nights out now, so I'm just going to say Tuesday night, and we will go through songs. And just an example, 
and I'll play through them and say, this is not working. <laughs> yeah. And what's crazy with that is that it could be songs that you guys have done a thousand oh, times, right? you know, but if it just doesn't feel right, it just, it just, I mean, nothing wrong with the songs. Right. You could sing them and, you know, wouldn't know anything, any difference, but it just doesn't, I don't have that peace about them. And so that's what I, um, that's what I look for to a degree. Right. There's times when I feel as we're going through them, the songs, it's just like, this doesn't feel right, but something tells me this is what I'm supposed to be playing on Sunday morning. And I'll show up and, and be faithful and stick to what I'm supposed to do and realize, okay, this is what God wanted me to play because on Sunday morning, it just worked. Right. But it's that surrender that I look for, that that humbleness and not coming in with a preconceived notion of what does Sunday morning have to look like for us to worship God. It looks like whatever he wants it to look like. (laughs) Exactly. And I'll say it's been amazing just how, because I think that the two months that you and Gary tried to work together in pre-playing, that was before I was here, right? I think so. Yeah, because I don't remember that. And I feel like that's something I would have (laughs) noticed, you know. Um, But I look at how many times, even in a, a sermon, the music has gone perfectly with the sermon. You know, I even think of times when I've preached and it's like, oh man, like that song just went perfectly with my message, you right. know? And it's not that we talked about it beforehand. It's just all, it's all God. I mean, really. It, like. <laughs> it is. And you know, there's, there's, there's several ways to look at a sermon as well. And I know me and Gary's talked about this and I've talked about it with others, but you don't have to always preach the exact same message. In other words, if God gives me something, there may be someone in the audience that needs to hear a particular song that doesn't necessarily relate to the message that's going to be preached. And so we have to remember, and, you know, this is not every Sunday, but it does happen. And so maybe there's someone that needs to be lifted up or to be whatever in a different way. And so, I I think that's a huge point there, too, is because music affects us all. Like, I think God has just put that nature inside of us, that music just... I don't say drives us. Some people it definitely does drive, but I think it, it affects us, you know, to a core level in some way, shape, or fashion. And sometimes God speaks through the music more than He does the message. He can, yeah, He can. I mean, you know, Psalms, a book of Psalms, a book of songs, and yeah, there's there's a lot of singing and praising in the scriptures. Uh, but it's not that everyone sings, but right, it's just like everybody's not a teacher, everybody's not a preacher, everybody's not everything. Uh, but music and songs, I know, implement what God's teachings are. And I know when you're young, if you learn a lot of these songs, when you're older, you can reflect upon oh, yeah. a song quicker than you can recall Scripture so many times. Agreed. And I think it's, I mean, we could talk about styles of music, and we might get to that. But, <laughs> you know, would you pick a wide range from contemporary music to hymns to gospel music to just... A wide range of, which is great, and it's just it's like, all right, let's see what instrument we're going to play this <laughs> Sunday, you know. But with that, there's been times where, I mean, I got saved when I was 17, and so, and now it's been a majority of my life that I've been saved. Right. But I remember the church I grew up in; they were just starting to bring in like the contemporary music of the time, which is now in some of the hymnals, just you know. Right. But it was, you know. It was mostly hymnal driven, you know? And so there's times where William's like, hey, Josh, have you ever heard this song? I'm like, well, yeah, I know exactly what that song is. But it's because I've heard those hymns over and over and over again. And not saying that hymns are the best, but 
there's a lot of st- <laughs> William's like I don't know I might say hymns early. <laughs> but you know there's a lot of truth and theology that comes from hymns just like there is in modern music too I mean in contemporary music and in gospel music you know there's some that's not that great there's some hymns that are not that great you know it's true I think songs that actually in the church stand the test of time will you will find out they're more scriptural based oh, for the most part the one thing I have started noticing and paying attention to is some of the hymns that they produce now. Go and research the song for yourself because due to whatever factor, I don't know, they omit certain verses out of these songs, and they're not the complete songs, oh, yeah. and I don't understand that. If you take a Baptist hymnal and a celebration hymnal and you compare some of the music, it's like, all right, the Baptist hymnal has like four verses and the celebration hymnal has like six verses right you know and it's just like why and it could be the vice versa too like there's sometimes where the baptist has more than the celebration you know but it's just like yeah how what makes them determine what to leave in and leave out you know right and there's some of those verses that you read and you're like it's like wow i don't know how i feel about this one <laughs> verse you know or man this one verse is really powerful right you know and, you know some of them i've seen take the blood out of the song so to speak and, right. and they take out different things but you know you grow up if you go back to when i was growing up you'd if it was four verses you'd sing one two and four yep one two four one three five and you <laughs> and you just that's what your church did you yep. didn't sing the entire song and so one thing that i i i don't sing every verse of every song but the majority oh, of yeah. them, I sing the entirety of the song because the song tells a story oh, and it absolutely. was written for a reason. Absolutely. And I think sometimes, like, and we've had this conversation before, there's some fantastic, like, invitation songs, but you need to hear the whole song. Right. And just the way we do invitations, we don't always yeah. make it through the whole song, you know. And But, yeah, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. And then... Let's talk about our, our volunteer base that comes to a, a service, you know, just across the board. You know, we look at the paid staff of a church can definitely not make the church run on a Sunday morning. No, not at all. And I would even go as far as to saying if the paid staff could make the church function, it wouldn't be a body. Right. And I think the you got to have direction. you got to have leadership, and so it's very important for that. But at the same time, the body has to invest in its church. Yeah. Absolutely. That's where you see growth. That's where you see maturity. That's where you see people using their God-given talents, you know? And so we look at our, our volunteer base, and sometimes it's hard to be like, uh, our praise team's phenomenal. Like, I just want to say that. Like, everybody that's on that stage, they do, they play with their heart and soul, you know? I, I agree with that. It's not just a, well, I, I have to be up here, or I need to be up here. And that goes a lot to how you pick people to be on the stage, too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's not about being heard and seeing as well as I want you to pr- to do the best you can when you're up there singing. And But it's the humbleness of why you're there. And I know even as our team continues to grow, they continue to understand what that means more and more from the first time that they was on the praise team till now. And I've seen so much growth in them oh, yeah. and understanding of why why and what we do is not just up there and sing songs it has to start and with you as an individual before you can actually lead your congregation into singing any songs yeah i remember when i first got here and i mean i'll say we're a lot closer now than 
I mean, that just makes sense because <laughs> right. over time, you know. <laughs> right. But I remember when I first got here and, you know, I offered, I was like, hey, I'll play the guitar if you ever need me to play guitar. You know, my wife sings if you ever need that. And I remember you asking, you're like, well, why would you want to do this? You know, and it came down to it of like, if you just want to be seen, then no, that's not the right reason. But if it's truly to, to honor God and, you know, just praise God, then, yeah, we'll talk. Right. You know, because there's a lot of people who just, they want to do a special or they want to do something just to show off their, look at my ability, look at my right talent. And I'm going to give an example of a lady who wanted to sing a song with one of her children in the church. And, and you know, I allowed it to happen, but I knew there was an issue there. And sometimes you have to do that so they can grow. Mm-hmm. And once again, you have to pray about things like that. And so anyway, the lady came to me and I said, you know, I'm going to, I can do this and support what you're doing. And she really wanted it to be her and her son, very selfish motive behind oh, that yeah. because, but you know, they did that. And the lady came back to me and she said, I was wrong. But if I would have went ahead and enforced what you know, the the scripture says you can't do this, or, you know, I know this wasn't exactly right, I would have hindered her from growing. So there's yeah. sometimes when you have to say, okay, and trust God to give you the peace to do something you know isn't exactly right. Now, it wasn't blatant, wrong, right. and still that. I mean, it's very Christian family, very uh, honoring to God. They study the word, but there's always that part of us and it's it's in me as well as it's in everyone. And, you know, we have to be careful to guard that and oh, learn yeah. from those things that God's taught me. He's taught me so many lessons through the years. <laughs> but, you know, that's just an example. And, and, and through that, even, you know, no one else in the congregation knew that was an issue. Right. But she had come to me. She had asked, and I, I, I said, okay. And but she got to grow, and no one got to see it. But I did, and she did, and her son did. So it was great, you know. Yeah, and that's, I mean, you got to look for those little moments. You do, teachable moments. Yep, teachable moments. I feel like that could be an episode all to itself right now. <laughs> <I> can, <laughs> right? But, yeah, and then we go into the the preaching. And, I mean, there's a lot that goes into preaching a, a service, you know, or just teaching in general. You know, I look at our deacons during deacon-led services of getting ready for that or just, I mean, we've had this conversation. You do as much preaching on the stage on a Sunday morning that Gary does. Right. And, you know, there's some Sundays God gives me scripture. God gives me things that he wants me to say, and I pray through them, and I think about them. And there's other times I just get up and play the song and let the song speak for itself and right. just encourage the, the body to sing along and praise him. Yeah. Because we don't always have to open our mouth, so to speak, to speak these words that we think are profound and from us, you know, God's the most profound thing ever existed, ever will exist. And I've made this comment before, I can't lead you into the presence of God. I can't do it because even myself has to have an interceder, which is Jesus Christ, to go into the presence of God. And so he prays for us. And the only thing I can do is point you in the right direction. And then it's that individual relationship. And that's you know yeah i'd agree and so i'm not going to talk a lot about preparing for a sermon um maybe one day we'll get <laughs> we'll get lucky and get gary on here and get him to talk about that <laughs> you know right but well i mean there's a lot that goes into it there's a lot i mean just the prep work just the prayer just the and every i've learned that every preacher does it differently they do i know that the seminaries try to teach you here's how you need to do it but everybody does it differently once again there's no cookie cutter answer right they're just it it's not out there and 
there's no exact way to run a church. Yeah. There's no exact way to pick music. There's no exact way to pitch a sermon. Or, And so the thing we have to remember in, in almost everything, I know with music it's a little bit limiting because uh, you can't just we're not to the point where I can say we're going to change the song on the fly and right. just say, you know, this is God wants us to sing this song right yeah. now. And so I have to be sensitive to what we can actually do. One day, One day we'll One get day. there. That's just, that's the, but you know, yeah. preaching a sermon is a little bit different Oh yeah, because you know, you can prepare, God can put something on your heart for a month and you get to the point I've prepared for this. It's Saturday. Yep. I'm good to go. And all of a sudden God says, you're not so good to that, go. I think of the last time. So usually, just because I don't preach on every Sunday, because usually I'm with the kids, you know. Gary gives me plenty of notice of, hey, Josh, I want you to preach this Sunday. Now, every now and then something will come up and be like, hey, Gary's not going to be here this Sunday, right. Josh, you know, I need you to preach. But most of the time I have knowledge. But even with having, if I have a month knowledge, it's not until the week of that I actually start right. preparing. Because I feel like you can over-prepare to a certain extent. Right. You know, now I'm praying about throughout this whole month, I'm praying about it, thinking of ideas, but actually getting into the, nitty gritty of preparing is right. that week of. And I think of the last time I preached that week of, I was leading up, got everything ready. And then Saturday night, God was like, Nope, I'm going to throw that one completely out and here's something new for you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and even going into, you know, sometimes we have things we want to say, but once we, we get in front of God's people and, and we pray, it's like, now it's the time to rely upon God to yes. fill your mouth with the words that you need to speak. And I'd say that's a lot of truth because sometimes you prepare a sermon with, I don't say an ulterior motive, but you have a specific point you want to get across mm-hmm. being like, I see this is what our congregation needs and I want to say this. And God's like, no, <laughs> you don't need to say that yep. because you're probably not going to say it in the best way or it's not going to come across right. Right. Like you just need to keep your mouth quiet. And so I actually talked to Tyler about, you know, Tyler, for those who don't know, Tyler's our student pastor. He preached this past Sunday, and it was one of those things where um, he was told Saturday that he was preaching because Gary couldn't <laughs> be here for family-ish stuff. And so I talked to him, and, you know, we do two services, and I asked him, I was like, so how are you doing? Of course he's tired because Sundays are just tiring in general. Um, but he's like, I felt, and I, I agree with him, that when you preach the first service, you have, like, I don't want to say more in tune with the Spirit, but you are just so much more connected to the Spirit in the first service. And in the second service, you have to be like, all right, I need to make sure I try to hit the same things I talked about during the first service. And that goes back to singing the worship and praise songs as well. Sometimes that's true, and sometimes it's not. Yeah. Um, I know God brings different things, and I used to, when we would do multiple services, and, and my mind would say, okay, Remember what you did. Remember how you said it. Remember what you said and try to reproduce that. Right. That's not God. I'm no, <laughs> it's not. That's the flesh trying to, to live up to expectations. And so what you have to remember is this is a different group of people. Right. And there's different needs in each service, even though it's the same message to some yeah. degree. And just allow God to move you and, and allow it speak through you. Yeah. Tyler was joking, and I, I agreed with him. He was like, it'd be funny if just you preached two completely different messages from the first service to the second service. And I'm like, that would be very funny. Yes. <laughs> just, you know. But we should. I mean, it's, and we say it jokingly. Right. But the, there's truth in that. Oh, there is. And so when you step up there and God says, close the book, 
and preach this, we should listen yeah. to that spirit. And there's a lot like, I mean, because I've never been in a church that's done multiple services like we do multiple services, you know. Um, I, I don't want to say that. My, the, my home church, we had a nine o'clock and we had two services and one was traditional and was contemporary. Right. It was still the same message. So it's very similar to what we do here. Um, but yeah, it's preaching multiple services I have found and I'm sure leading worship. It's just so hard because you do want to make sure you're connected to God. I'm not saying that, and I don't want to make it seem like Tyler wasn't connected with God in the second service because he was, and he even just going back and listening right. to him, you know, he could tell that he changed some things and this, but it's just in that mindset of going, especially like major points are like, all right, I want to make sure I hit these, these, and right. these, you know, but yeah, there's just, I don't want to say pressure because that just seems like the wrong words. Well, if if it's something you're not used to doing, yeah. you don't know. I mean, everything that's new, you don't know how to handle it. You don't know what to do. You don't know what it looks like. Yeah. And so if it's something you're uncomfortable with because you're thinking, like I said, we get worldly and we want to think, well, I can't mess this up. Going into the first one, there's yeah. nothing to mess up because in, in one sense of the word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you don't have a, a agenda that you've done and now you're trying to recreate. Yeah. Um, I was called to I can't upwards basketball. I was on a job one time, and a uh, a preacher on the job asked me to come and speak at upwards basketball. And I was like, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> so I prayed about it, and I told him, okay, you know, I'll do it. And I spoke two or three times in mm-hmm. between the games. And so the first one, I didn't know what to do, what to talk about. He said, talk about whatever. And so I did, and. I got to the second one, time for me to speak. It's five to ten minutes max. And God was just speaking through me. And, man, he came back and told me that. And so the third time I was to speak, well, God worked with what I said there. What did I say, you know? And you try to recreate God. You can't do it. No. But I truly believe that through all of that, I was there to speak the one time the other two was from me the middle right. one was from god and there's a lot like just with the way that i preach and i prepare my stuff like i am not one to write out a transcript of what i want to say i have very loose points right of what i want to say and so a lot of times my in between stuff it's just oh god like oh god you know and right. so when i go to the second service being like there's that that it, i mean in my head going so what exactly did I say, <laughs> you know? And because I remember, like, there's been times where I was like, man, that was a great example that, like, God just brought into my head. I need to remember to use right. that. And, yeah, there's definitely times where, and it's been where I've had to learn just to be like, just, God just, will just use you again. Just, right. you know, go with it. You if know? he wants you to tell that story, he'll bring it back to you. Right, yeah. And that and that's just the way I prepare. Right. There's those people who do transcripts and they just... And it works. And it works. Them. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm not saying God's not in one right. and the other, but, you know, you have to find out what works for you and how do you relate to yes. God and what's that relationship. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, we look at the worship service as a whole and there's just so much that goes into it. And, and it's not just stuff that... Yes, there are some stuff that gets changed on the fly, you know, like we said, changing music or change something like that. But then there's a lot of thought and process that goes into everything. I mean, I remember when we were talking about just even the arrangement of chairs in the sanctuary. Right. There's a lot of discussion and just how to do that, you know. What works. What works. And just even with 
the, the lighting or how we do the offering or the Lord's Supper or just even how we do baptisms. Because before we were in our new building, baptisms were always the last Sunday of the month after service because right. it was a portable baptistry. Well, now that we have one that's built in, it's like, well, how do we want to do this? And They can literally happen any yeah. time, before service, right after the music, in between the sermon. I mean, yep. it's, and there's, how do you do it? Right, yeah, hey, how do you do it and stuff like <laughs> that. And so there's a lot of, that wasn't something that we just decided on the fly. Right. There's a lot of talk and discussion that goes into it. And so, I mean, the biggest takeaway from just the behind the scenes of worship is you just have to trust God. I mean, like, I know that seems like the very simple answer, but there's... Yeah. I mean, like, God will direct us. The faith us. that yeah. can move mountains is trusting in the one who, who gives you that faith. Yeah. And so I would just like to, you know, just say thank you for all of those people that do volunteer. Oh, yeah. And for everyone listening, encourage you to be that volunteer yes. and, and be that part because it's such an integral part. It's not something that... You know, we don't say thank you enough. I uh, know I don't. I, yeah. And uh, and just even to, you might be sitting in a pew and be like, well, I don't serve on the team, but just even speaking to a first-time guest or just to a church family being like, God's really yeah. put on my heart just to come say hi to you and see how you're doing. If there's someone in the church, you know, that God's impressed upon you, find out what their phone number is and yeah. give them a call or give them a text or reach out to them and don't. Don't look to your neighbor to do it when God's impressed upon you yeah. to ask how this person is doing. Go to the extra mile and find out. Because, I mean, let's just be honest with this. And I realize this is both of our, our breads and butter, more or less. But how much do you actually remember from a worship service, this actual sermon or the music that was played? You know, usually it's the relationships. It's just worshiping in general with the church body. You know, that because we're relational people. Not saying that, I mean, obviously it's important. If, if if a sermon hits you or a song hits you in the right moment, the right way, yes. you'll remember it oh, for a yes. long time. But can you go back two months and tell me what the music was we played and what the sermon was specifically? But can you if remember? If I was on my computer, I could. Right? <laughs> but the person that you right. met, you would probably remember oh, them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Meeting them. And so that relationship that's being built and just continue... You know, because if we're being the believer that God called us to be, we're going to continue to grow in His Word regardless of what's preached on Sunday morning or what's played on Sunday morning. We're we're going to show ourselves faithful in that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Well, I'm sure that there's probably more we could discuss about this, <laughs> um, but I think we've covered a lot. Just it's in a deep this, well. Yeah, it's a very deep well. <laughs> and who knows, it might be a we bring William back on again to talk about the behind the scenes of worship. <laughs> <laughs> but William, thank you for joining us. Um, I sort of threw this on William um, Saturday night. And I was looking for an out, but I'm yeah. here. <laughs> he, he was like, I don't know if I'll be there. And then he texts me this morning, I'll be there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? But yeah, so William, thank you for being with us. Um, Pleasure. Yeah, for those who are listening, if you guys want to ask questions or get in contact with us, you can go to flowpodcast.org. Um, there's a section at the bottom of the page to get in contact with us. I think we're working on getting the site updated a little bit, so things might change by the time this actually comes out. Um, but hopefully on the next episode, Jason will be back, praying that he, him and his family recover well. And so um, for this episode, I've been Josh. I'm William. Bye. Thanks for listening. Make sure to check out flowpodcast.org to send in your questions or topics and get your official Flow merch. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok to get your faith life and off-the-wall fix during the week. Till next time, and remember to go with the flow.